Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, two, two. Did you, America? Well, hello. Welcome to Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Canfield. We are in season two. This is episode we have no idea. A lot. Definitely a lot. Numbers? I think if you took like 5,325 and subtracted like 425, multiplied that by seven and found the square root of that number, it would be the episode that this is. Probably. Well, the listeners are getting more and more detailed in their uh, feedback, so eventually someone's going to do the count for us. I mean, we've asked for it so many times. Our listeners are not very good at their job. However... Don't try and do it right now. In fact, don't do anything at all today because Mercury is in retrograde and that means that everything's going to go wrong. The world's going to end. I don't uh, know what was going on yesterday except that it must have been a slow news day because I was watching one of the local uh, news networks in DFW and um, I forget what the headline story was. Uh, Probably something about the weather. And then the next story on the TV news was it's retrograde Mercury. And I thought to myself, I know they don't want to admit it, but I think they're missing Trump. Like, this is <laughs> right. Retrograde Mercury is the second biggest... I know it's a Sunday, and, you know, as my granddad used to say, it's a day of rest, but, <laughs> but it literally was the second news story. So I, I did some research for you, because um, people that are into all this, um, and apparently it's uh, retrograde Mercury until... Um, the end of june how does mercury retrograde like what causes the retrograde what does it even mean to retrograde is it the planet mercury is it like the thing that you get from fish okay is it the band fish i have detailed files can i smoke it (laughs) well apparently i think the, the gist of this is so it goes on till june 22nd okay and the idiots that read horoscopes every day and live their lives via horoscopes and believe in retrograde mercury many of my ex-girlfriends would tell you they were just using that as an excuse to get rid of you <laughs> no, sorry my horoscope my horoscope says you're a dirty jew get out <laughs> um the, these people that really believe in this would have you uh probably just stay in bed and not get up until june 22nd because that's when it ends because if you speak to anyone who's really into horoscopes anything that goes wrong retrograde mercury i've got a buddy at the moment who's got a couple of leaks in his house he's had to have two plumbers in they've had to tear down a bit of ceiling to get to the pipe where the leak was now he's got to get a uh plasterer around to redo the ceiling that they had to take down to get to the leak he's also got his second kid on the way like his partner is about to have a kid any day now and uh, and i was going wow you know like leaks are terrible and you don't need this hassle blah 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 especially when you know second baby is about to come a third friend of ours their reaction to it was oh well it's retrograde mercury of course what else could it be and this person who believes in that would literally say to well i mean if you can stay in bed maybe if you have to get up to pee 
then you could chance getting from the bed to the bathroom between now and June 22nd. But other than that, I mean, if you could just have a pot by the side of the bed and just aim very well, you'd probably be better off because they literally believe that anything, anything that happens, Trump putting his trousers on back, backwards, that will be retrograde mercury. I wish I had a doctor who can write me like a note saying he has to stay in bed all day. Mercury is in retrograde. If that was the case, I would be like horoscopes all day, psychics, all of it real. This is what my detailed files say. Retrograde is when a planet's orbit appears to change. So it starts going backwards in the sky, but it doesn't really change. It's just an illusion that happens because of where we are in our orbit and it happens with all of the planets, not just Mercury. Wait, so Mercury being in retrograde means that absolutely nothing happens? Just if you have a telescope, it looks kind of different for a little bit? Look, here's this is I'm going to sum up horoscopes for these idiots that follow them day to day, right? If you pulled up any horoscopes now, I'm re get a horoscope for today, pull it up, whatever, gotcha. whatever, whatever it is. I'm Cancer, right? So call up Cancer and tell me what my horoscope is for today. While you're doing that, I will take down the whole notion of horoscopes. Basically, every horoscope is written in the most general fashion so that if you want to appropriate it to something that's going on in your life, then you can. And if you are of the mindset that you want to appropriate it every day and you read the horoscopes every day, sooner or later, because of just life and the general nature of the way a horoscope is written, you're going to read something that becomes fuck me that's so poignant right so you remember the amazingly poignant things that just by coincidence happen to really register and the rest of the time it's just general whereas in actual fact it's completely general and i'll go as far as to say this anyone who is so into retrograde mercury who reads their horoscopes every day and lets them to dictate their life they are weak people who want horoscopes to take responsibility for their own lives so any kind of bad luck or bad decision making those people can blame on the stars was it uh, should i warn you that i was about to say something controversial i well normally i would have agreed with all that but i just read your horoscope for today and you're not going to believe this go ahead you will bash horoscopes on a <laughs> podcast at some point on monday <laughs> You will then have the person you do a podcast with research what today's horoscope is, only to have your mind blown that horoscopes are real. This is crazy. I, I also, this may be a, this is clearly me generalizing, but I bet anyone else who's got any friends who are really into horoscopes will concur with this. The people that I know that are really into horoscopes, and I, you know, they're friends of mine. I absolutely don't dislike them as people, but they're also people that present themselves as completely unfulfilled in their own lives. They're always constantly moaning about something, wanting something, striving for something better. And I think to myself, okay, well, that's a lot of people in life. But if the horoscopes were so great at guiding you, you'd be doing a lot better, would you not? Oh, absolutely. I went to a party over the weekend. It's a lot of friends I haven't seen in a while. And it's a group of my friends from high school who a lot of them, uh, they're very spiritual. Let's say that. Right. And so I was a little nervous. You know, I was like, oh, God, which friends am I going to see here? You know, there's some that I can absolutely put up with. And luckily, those were the ones that were there. And there are some who have fallen into such such a deep hole of horoscopes and psychics and crystals that they are just unbearable to be around. And luckily they were not there, but 
I mean, the whole 20 minute drive to the person's house, that's all I was seeing was like, oh my God, how am I going to deal with this when person X tries to rub a crystal on my forehead because I'm sweating a little. And they got to the point of trying to sell you a crystal. That's what they they normally do. So the person I'm talking about, she one time told me, we were on the drive back from the person's wedding that that whose house I went to over the weekend. We were driving back from Arkansas to Dallas. And on that trip, she told me that her psychic told her that she had psychic powers. And yeah, we talked about this. She went down such a rabbit hole that at one point on the car ride, she told me that she had telekinetic powers. (laughs) She does not have telekinetic powers. I can tell you that. I told you, we did this before. Anytime a psychic is having a bad reading, as in the client is not giving enough away, either verbally or in terms of body language, for them to be able to make some general deductions. They throw out there that the client has psychic powers because that's like their final go-to because it's something to make the client go, oh, and then suddenly they start giving stuff away and then you can get into a, 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 a situation. Right. Well, I, we, well, I don't want to go too deep into this because we did speak about this recently, but this I don't think I did it. I covered this detail but this is just coming back to me now um a friend had uh had been recommended to a specific psychic in scottsdale this is back when i was living in in arizona and uh i told the story whereby when my friend came to stay i said to her well i ain't paying for it but we'll go see this bullshit psychic and i'll be very pleasant but I'm telling you now, this is how it'll work, and you'll come out of there, and you'll realize this person is an, an absolute fraud because I won't give anything away, and blah, 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 blah. Well, I, did, I, I just suddenly remember this. At the end of this reading, because um, they were kind of like sketchy about how much the reading was depending, because it's everything is about upselling you, right? It, it'll be, I don't know, it's 25 bucks, but if you want to go to an hour and a half, we can you know, get a better rate. And if you want to come away with a crystal, then, you know, there's an add on to that. This fucking psychic fake at the end of it. Um, my, my friend goes, Oh, how much do I owe you? And it was a certain price or pulled out this bit of paper and said, you could pay my gas bill. Oh, suddenly this whole room doesn't feel very spiritual. I yeah, mean, you, no. can, you can burn as much fucking incense as you want, but with the, oh, you can pay my gas bill, suddenly we've come back down to earth. That's, uh, that's a ballsy psychic right there. Right. Well, that because my friend, so into the whole thing, thought that, you know, that they can just get away with it. It's always weird for the friends who are so into it to be around the friends who, like me and you, are skeptical. Like, even this weekend while I was at my friend's house, uh, you know, he, uh, my friend started telling me a story, and he literally paused before he went into it and was like, now, I know you're not into this kind of stuff, but, like, he knew. He knew every single moment of the story. I was like, yeah, that didn't happen. Yeah, that's not true. But, hey, to each his own. So um, I, I found some other news that may also be down to the fact that Mercury is in retrograde. As we uh, touched on earlier, uh, there is a theory that Donald Trump wore his pants backwards when he was doing his big uh, comeback speech at is, a Republican convention. Is it a theory? Um, no pants look like that, man. At least the front. It was because no one could see a zip, right? Well, I mean, there was a clear line, but usually you don't see the zipper. Just, I don't know. If... You would, you would think because he's a billionaire, he could afford very nice pants. If those were, 
pants that that was the front, then he got those at Goodwill. There's no other reason he got those were poorly made pants. People were like, yeah, no one on earth is going to want these. And Donald Trump, Mr. Bargain Shopper, apparently, was like, these look wonderful. I, I don't know if it was uh, the pants story or just the fact that he's been back in the news over the past few days because he's, you know, banned from the internet forever now, pretty much. But one of my friends who does love all retrograde Mercury stuff sent me a text message going, isn't it strange? All of the Trump stuff comes back around when it's retrograde Mercury. And, oh. that, and that, that person absolutely believed that if he got up for that Republican convention with his pants on backwards, it would be because it was retrograde Mercury. I think if he did it, I think it was probably on purpose because he's just desperate for attention. He's like, I can't be on Facebook. I can't be on Twitter. What about if I put my pants on backwards? That'll get me headlines. He said, <laughs> That's a pretty good, hey, it works. Right? Because it's suddenly it's a new story. He's been out of the news cycle. He's looking at the fact that 90% of the media literally jerk themselves off over Biden and he's thought to himself well if if the news on Biden can be the president's having an ice cream maybe if I put my pants on backwards I'll get some I'll get some attention like, guys never mind the pants mercury just retrograded <laughs> so hard <laughs> so yeah there was that and then there was Mariah Carey uh dumping Jay-Z it, from a business relationship I was gonna that, say you got that celebrity couple all wrong no no no, no. so apparently Jay-Z has got a, uh, a, a management company called Rock Nation. Yes. And Mariah Carey has been a longtime client of uh, Rock Nation. Uh, only actually a few years now, but they've, they've had like a successful run in the last few years. The success is over. Oh, no. Because apparently uh, Mariah Carey went to Jay-Z uh, because she wants to make an R&B album. And Jay-Z said that he didn't think it was a good idea. I think he probably said, as your manager... How about you just book some Christmas shows and right. sing that one song because that's what that's what that's what people like. Mariah, we've made money from you doing one thing and one thing only, that one Christmas song, and then every once in a while you'll do a video singing it with your kids, but not letting them sing any of it. Right, absolutely. So as you and I think that would be uh, you know, good management advice. Who was I actually I was just thinking who was it? It wasn't Jay Z, it was uh do you remember when Chris Cornell did an R&B album? That was with Timberland, wasn't it? Do you remember that coming out? I don't remember. No, because it, because it it literally faded away within about five minutes because Chris Cornell doing an R&B album was a... was a, a terrible idea. It was a one-way route back to Soundgarden. Timberland, yeah. Yeah. See, and this is Jay-Z. Jay-Z's being a responsible manager. I don't know who was managing Chris Cornell at the time, but someone should have said to him, this album with Timberland... I'm not hearing a black hole sum. <laughs> yeah, I think a scream is gonna is gonna run up the alt charts. I had to do a, an interview with Chris Cornell for that album. I was working in New York at the time, and um, we didn't know how to handle it because we wanted to get him in to do the interview, but we were on a rock station, so obviously, you know, Chris Cornell, great singer, love Soundgarden, all their slave priests, pretty good. And uh, so we want to get him in from an interesting point of view, but we don't know what we're going to do about like playing the, the song from the Timberland album because A, it's massively off format for a rock station, and B, it's a bit fucking shit. And, and <laughs> right. C, no one was around Chris Cornell to go, this is a bad idea. And D, Mercury was not in retrograde, <laughs> so he had nothing to blame but it But I on. do remember he came in and everyone was... And I've only ever, I only ever interviewed him uh, two or three times, but he was always very sort of almost shy and kind of unassuming, just very nice. And um, genuinely was going, so what do you think of the new album? And we're oh, all standing no. around going, oh yeah, 
Great. Yeah, we love this kind Great. of stuff. Great. Make sure we move him out of the studio during the ad break so he doesn't realize we're not playing a song from it. <laughs> you, you don't notice all those people rocking out out there? Yeah, no, don't listen. <laughs> yeah, they are rocking out to you, but they're rocking out to Cochise by all the other Right. Not the new song <laughs> anyway. So uh, that was a terrible idea for Chris Cornell to do an R&B album. According to Jay-Z, terrible idea for Mariah Carey to do uh, an R&B album, but she doesn't want to hear that. So she said, okay, Jay-Z, I'm dumping you. I'm going to find a new manager. I'm going to find someone who believes in me uh, having an R&B career. Now, Mariah Carey, one of the biggest divas ever. I mean, I would say that just managing Mariah Carey on a day-to-day basis, even when she's coming up with some good songs, is probably quite a tall order. Oh, absolutely. I, what I'm afraid of is, you know, sure, we've talked about the political wars that have happened over the last few years and how contentious those have been, but I think this is going to lead to another war brewing in pop culture. I'm talking about the lambs versus the beehive. (laughs) I mean, the lambs, you know, Mariah Carey's dedicated followers, they don't take nothing, no one hurting their girl. And clearly Jay-Z, husband of Beyonce, now has beef with her. This is going to lead to an all-out 16-year-old girl war. And I'm here for it. Cat fight. I had a, I have a friend who worked with Mariah several years ago, and the demands are uh, off the scale. She was, um, she was coming to do uh, MTV in in the UK over in Shitsville, and um, she wouldn't use any dressing rooms that MTV had, and they had you know nice enough palatial dressing rooms. She's going to do a performance there. They had studios in house. <clears throat> Excuse me. So um, they had to get her trailer and put it on like the front yard of MTV in London because the, the, the facilities that were good enough for every other A-list, you know, pop star that would not go into MTV, not, not good enough for her. And then, and uh, I don't know, I'd be interested to know if she still has this particular demand because I feel like with where we are now with things being unacceptable and such like, this is a bit like, mm, I don't know if this would be uh, considered a, a, a good move by the woke people. She made my person who does uh, promotions go to the local pet store in Camden in London, which is where MTV was based, and hire a load of puppies because she had to have puppies in her trailer dressing room out the front of MTV pre-show. And then the puppies, I'm assuming, would go back. She wasn't taking. You wasn't don't bothered. know that. <laughs> she, Did she keep the puppies? I know. I think that she was like. She I, was like, "All right, you're back to the streets, puppies." She needed. I think that they went to the. I mean, I don't. I think her reputation was so crazy, and the the, the pet shop probably knew that MTV was around the corner. That someone turning up in the pet shop and going, "Um, um, have you got?" three or four puppies and they go yeah do you want to buy some no could we negotiate an hourly rate i've got mariah carey around the corner in her trailer she just needs them for like two hours before an mtv performance i think your friend was trying to cover up for mariah carey i think she cruella deville those puppies (laughs) i think her pre-concert ritual is clearly to kill puppies there's more there's more pre-concert ritual that he told me i i'm assuming the puppies were on loan and they went back to the um assuming well, it just, I mean, again, I've got, I'm scared of dogs, so I, I would never think, oh, I want to be around puppies. But it seems, I'm surprised this, and she must have done this everywhere. She couldn't have just done it on that one occasion at MTV. I'm surprised this hasn't become a, a rock and roll tale like Van Halen asking for the 
uh, orange M&Ms removed <laughs> from the packet that Mariah Carey insists on having puppies delivered for a few hours pre-show because it, it must have been something that was on the rider. So she's got the puppies in the trailer. She won't leave the trailer until it's nearly performance time to go into the MTV studio, right? And when she goes into the MTV studio, um, her assistant made all of the crew clear out of the studio for 10 minutes because Mariah had to be at one with the room. Like, just her empty? Were the puppies able to stay? See, this is... No, the puppies have disappeared. The puppies were just for the trailer. Mm, disappeared. She's moved from the trailer to the TV studio oh, now. okay, right. But she needs to be... New room. New room. Yeah. No puppies. <laughs> or people. Because Mariah needs to be at one with the room. Sir, this is not a puppy room. I'm a serious musician. And then there were, so she gets at one with the room to understand, I don't know, whatever she needs to do before she's got to do a performance. She was farting in the room. Maybe that was what she was doing. I have no idea. Mariah needs to be at one with the room. She's been at one with, the, she's had the puppy. She's been at one with the room. Now the crew can come back in. And my buddy said, there's some steps going up to the stage because it's at a raised level. The assistant comes back. Yeah, Mariah doesn't do stairs. Definitely not. She gets carried everywhere. Have you seen any performance of her ever? <laughs> no, does she get carried? Yeah, there? guys are constantly carrying her oh, dead weight. As part of the show, yeah, but like up the stairs. Oh no, you think that's part of the show. That's her life. <laughs> I was hired to be one of those guys if you couldn't tell by my incredible physique. It's a very difficult job. No, she probably just wanted you to cuddle when there weren't any puppies. If you can't get me like five puppies, can you get me fat Walter Becker? I'm very cuddly. And then after a couple of hours, okay, you can send him back to the pet shop now. I'll definitely cuddle Mariah Carey. Mariah, <laughs> give me a call. All right, and one other thing that I think happens because it was retrograde Mercury, according to the people that are spiritualists. If you haven't seen it, um, do yourself a favor and Google Vince Neil to see the singer from Motley Crue's comeback show. He was playing some, it looked like a biker's rally somewhere. And um, he was on stage for about two thirds of the show before his voice gave out. Only he was barely singing for the time that he was on stage anyway. And this is a man who, if COVID hadn't happened around about now, would have been on stadium stages here in the great country of America, touring with Def Leppard, doing full-on stadium shows. Right, the, uh, the Too Fat to Sing tour. <laughs> it, 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 this, I don't understand how Vince Neil's, uh, Motley Crue's manager, hasn't said to Vince Neil... We're going to put the band back together because there was that big thing about the fact that they'd never tour again and they signed those contracts and everything. And then they right. went, actually, we've changed their mind. We're going to we're going to we're going to do this big tour. There's enough money to put us in stadiums with Def Leppard. Rip up those contracts we signed. We're back. It's true. There's a movie we're touring. Exactly. They, they use the uh, they use the movie as an excuse. If I was um, Motley Crue's manager, I'd have said to Vince Neil, you can't do any piss pot little biker rally shows between now and the tour because you're going to adversely affect our ticket sales in the stadiums because no one is going to look at Vince Neil looking terribly out of shape on stage, literally, as you said, too fat to sing and go, oh, oh, you mean I could get that and 
pour some sugar on me for 200 bucks in a stadium, I must get a ticket. My favorite part about Motley Crue is like, you know, you look at Tommy Lee, you look at Nikki Six, even uh, Mick Mars, like, you can see the person they used to look like in that. Right, and Mick Mars... Vince Neil looks like he ate 14 old Vince Neils. He doesn't even look anything like Vince Neil anymore. Well, I will say this. So the funny thing was, was they they, they, they did all this promo, I guess, about a year ago, because, again, they were promoting this stadium tour well ahead of time, and then it was going to happen, but it, it got postponed because of COVID. And um, at the time... There was quite a bit of attention on, okay, it's a huge tour. It's going to be in stadiums. Has anyone seen the fucking state of Vince Neil? And then Motley Crue's manager put out a statement saying, oh, Vince is going to, uh, you know, work on his voice. And uh, several members of the band have got personal trainers on board. So wait to see what, what shape he's going to be in by the time the tour comes around. The tour would have been happening now. And I give Vince this bit of credit. If you see this footage where he can't sing... He's still pretty fat. But if you see the footage from about a year ago, he looked like he was having a baby. And so <laughs> the progress has been this. He's gone from pregnant to he's now had the kid and he's, he's just got loads of the fat that's left. Right? Well, maybe that's the issue. Maybe after all these years, he needed the fat to sing. <laughs> I don't know. But it is he's he can't hit any of the notes. He sounds way off key. He leaves the show about two thirds of the way through. And so this is the doctor feed good. <laughs> It really is terrible. And to back up my theory that it might be adversely affecting uh, ticket sales, someone did an interview with Phil Collin, who's the guitarist in Def Leppard. Now, Phil Collin is famous for never doing a show with his shirt on. And the reason for that is he's like 60 and he is ripped, right? Wait, what's his name? Phil Collins, not oh. Phil Collins. Okay, so not balding piano or drummer. To be honest, if Motley Crue were fronted by Phil Collins at this point, it would be better. Even if Phil Collins said, okay, I'm going to front Motley Crue, but I've got to sing a couple of Genesis songs. We're going to put Invisible Touch in the set and I'll do the show. That would still be better. But no, Phil Collins. See, if I shaved my chest, I'd look just like this guy. Well, Phil Collins from Def Leppard. Probably Phil Collins. <laughs> yeah, you've got more of a Phil Collins yeah. resemblance than Phil Collins. I definitely have more of a Phil Collins vibe. So Phil Collins from um, Def Leppard was doing an interview, and this is where I think Vince Neil was affecting ticket sales. Someone said to him, so... Uh, the, the tour dates have been rescheduled and it's Def Leppard and Motley Crue. What the fuck have you seen the footage from last week of Vince Neil and Phil Collin? And if you don't know what shape Phil Collin is in, Google that after you've watched Vince Neil post-pregnancy. Um, because Phil Collin, who's in amazingly good shape, kickboxes every day, he goes, um, oh, you know, he's got a while before the tour starts to get it together. And actually, we've been talking about the band's working out together. If Phil Collin got in a gym with Vince Neil, it would kill Vince Neil. It's, <laughs> a, it's almost killing Vince Neil to get on a stage and sing half of Dr. Feel Good. There's something about super jacked people that when they see fat people in their mind, they could fix them in like a week. Like it's not going to be a whole life change. It's not going to be like months of working out and dieting. I uh, We've talked about it on the podcast. I've been working out, doing a little bit of dieting, trying to lose weight. So I've been to replace soda, been taking like this amino acid powder that some supplement store told me about. Mm -hmm. So I had to get a refill yesterday. I went in there and this has happened to me all three times I've gone in there. The super jack guy behind the store like looks at me at first like, 
what the fuck is Fatty doing in here? <laughs> then I walk straight to the product I need. I ask a few questions so I don't look like asshole who's never worked out before. And then the conversation Have you goes Googled to, the questions, by the way? Of you course. prepare them? No, I, the person who I train with has texted them oh. to me fully word to word and I'm reading. So then, so now... Once, that you do homework before yeah, you go into... Yeah, of course. I'm not going to look like an asshole. Before you go into the protein store. So now, as I've gotten my product and I'm just trying to leave... And they see like, oh, okay, this guy's serious. He's buying something. That's when the sale comes on. And the sale is never like, oh, you know, you should try a pre-workout or like, hey, maybe you should try this energy bar. It's always straight to, you know, what will really get you jacked is steroids. <laughs> Three now, I know a lot of people listening to this podcast haven't seen what I look like. We've described it as a fat Walter Becker. That's very accurate. Still slightly better. I would say fat Walter Becker and slightly more in shape than Vince Neil. Yes, slightly. <laughs> ever right. so slightly. Is there anything about my look that says, yeah, this guy needs steroids? <laughs> I'm like 18 stages away from my next step being steroids. <laughs> but so I totally understand Phil Collin being like, well, you know what Vince Neil needs? A quick jab in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. As I said, Vince Neil, he looks like he's had the baby now and he's working off the baby. <laughs> yeah. If you see the footage from like a year before, if you see him when he's playing um, just before COVID, he, he's so fat, he literally looks like he's carrying a right. baby. Right, they, they literally told him, you have to lose weight or don't come on the tour. Right. We'll bring that guy who was in the movie and just play the songs. <laughs> that might be a better move. And Vince Neil, there's so many stories about like what, what an asshole Vince Neil is. I remember... Um, I was, and what an asshole he has. I think it's huge. <laughs> Well, I mean, you never see him from the back. Can you? Can you can, I mean, it's like, it looks like he can't move around that much on the stage. And I thought that was because of the size of him. But it's actually because, you know, he's not playing the biggest venues. He's in kind of theaters. And he's not got much mobility. Because if he stands at the front of the stage, his ass touches the drum riser. Man, Vince Neil definitely has that, like, disgusting old man butt that's just, like, back, butt, leg, all in one giant They're combo. Like, oh, there's, like, this sort of boom noise. And someone in his band goes, oh, my God. Did Vince fart? And he's like, no, sorry, it's just my fat ass touching the kick drum. <laughs> that's just me. I make those noises now. <laughs> I think that's the case. I was doing um, some work at one point with Nikki Six. And the funny thing with Motley Crue is Nikki Six is kind of the leader of the band. And, you know, he, he's had very well documented addiction problems. But he's he's totally together now, been sober for a very long time and actually um, very, very smart. And when you get to spend a bit of time with Nikki Six, he never really criticizes Vince Neil, but there's a sort of an attitude of, oh, Vince. And one of the things, I was going to a thing with uh, Nikki Six and all of Motley Crue, um, and everyone had their own people carrier, right? Which is a regular thing for bands. So it's like Vince, Nikki Six, Mick Mars, Tommy Lee, right? right. And I'm in the, the Nikki Six uh, people carrier. Um, because he and I have been working on something earlier on during the day and we're going to this uh, music industry kind of thing. And um, the distance from their hotel to where this venue was, was it was literally a, a couple of blocks. But, you know, they don't want to walk the street. They're Motley Crue. Vince certainly doesn't want to walk the street. He's going to tire him out. Um, <laughs> he might die. He's, uh, you know, so uh, he's got a forklift truck and the rest of us are in people. <laughs> no, you know, we're... We, we, we all had people carriers, right? But it's a very, it's a couple of blocks, right? right? 
So get in the car, and almost it's London traffic. The amount of time it takes you to get in the car, negotiate a couple of blocks of London traffic, and then get out of the car, you would have been, it would have been faster to walk there, but anyway, fine. So we're going, get in the cars, and we're going up the road, and we're getting near towards the venue, and the driver suddenly says, oh, I'm sorry, Nikki, we're going to have to go round again. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe there's nowhere for them to pull in outside this venue. So I sort of say that, and Nikki goes, oh, no. You, we're arriving in the wrong order. And I went, you're doing what? And he goes, this is one of the examples. <sighs> Vince. So there was an agreed order. What? That anything happens with Motley Crue. Because Vince had a bee in his bonnet about the fact that Nicky and Tommy always get the attention because it's Nicky Six's band and Tommy Lee's Tommy Lee. Right. right? We've all seen the sex tape. So the... Part of the thing was, if they do any press conferences, the first question has to be specifically to Vince. If they get up on stage as a band to talk, Vince has to talk first. It was almost a way of making him less of an asshole, like pacifying his ego. And somehow, the Vince first policy had got to the point that if they're traveling to somewhere, a venue of any kind... Vince's car has to turn up first. Wow. So, and because of just the traffic going a short distance, we'd got out of order. So we had to go back around the block again. Huh. So Vince's car, and I'm saying to Nikki, wow, this is fucking ridiculous. And he goes, you know the funniest thing about the Vince first policy? He goes, it started with Vince gets the first questions at press conferences. He said, so we told our PR people, like, if anyone asks a question, it needs to be to Vince first. This is like years and years ago. The first time we did that at a press conference, first person goes, question for Vince. And Vince is like, oh. And the question was, are you happy with your latest facelift? Oh, no. <laughs> Vince Neil wants out. <laughs> the only thing that would have been worse if they're like, how much weight have you gained since this last question? <laughs> uh, you know what's great about that policy, though, is, you know, you were with Nikki Six and, like, he was acting all, like, high and mighty, like, oh, so ridiculous. He has to be first. Who does that? You know, the moment that rule was implemented, Nikki and Tom were like, well, that's fine, but Mick is last every time. <laughs> well, that, 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 he, Nick, Mick can't help being last because he's so decrepit now. <laughs> right. I mean, it's like, he's driving himself like, guys, I'll be there in a minute. <laughs> there was one night I was in uh, Los Angeles where it just happened that it was the night that um, it was part of a Motley Crue press thing. They were being given um, the keys to the city of West Hollywood by the mayor. I can't, maybe. Well, that was, just doesn't sound like a good idea. Maybe it was, well, I mean, this is recent, but, it was, oh, okay. you know, before they, I mean, like, as far as Vince it was. It still doesn't sound like a good idea. As far as Vince was concerned, it was a lot of free pizza, I think. <laughs> but the, um, but they had a launch party for it at the House of Blues. And West Hollywood's very famously like a gay area. Yeah. So the mayor is, is super gay and probably not really aware of who Motley Crue are so oh, no. he's on stage like going, oh my god West Hollywood give it up for Motley Crue <laughs> which is the one with the massive dong which one which one which one oh he knows who Tommy Lee is <laughs> oh I've seen your video <laughs> girls 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 no <laughs> I mean honk honk oh my god right. <laughs> That was what was happening backstage. <laughs> You're like, this is all quoted. I'm, this isn't inappropriate in any sense. So they get up on stage and get given the keys to West Hollywood as part of this promotional thing. It's at the House of Blues, right? 
And um, I'm there with one of my friends and we watch it and then uh, we decide we want to go with the rainbow because it's this great rock and roll bar that's like down the street. So we leave after the ceremony and we're waiting to get out of the House of Blues parking lot. There's a lot of traffic leaving at the same time, at which point I see two guys almost carrying Mick Mars out the back of the House of Blues because he's got that bone deficiency right. thing. So he, he can't move. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell, look at Mick. That's pretty sad. Fast forward about four hours later, we head to the Rainbow and we're just in there having pizza and drinks, minding our own affairs. And then we see two guys literally carrying Vince Neil out of the Rainbow because he's so <laughs> fucking drunk. I had no idea that he was there. I think he was in like a VIB bit upstairs. But um, literally, we were there for a few hours uh, and my friend goes, look behind you now. Vince is there. And I turn around and literally, and I went, Wow. In one night, we saw half of Motley Crue carried out of two separate bars. Somehow significantly less sad with this one. <laughs> right. I, I was really hoping you were going to say that after you saw Mick Mars being carried out, then you went to the bar and later on that night you saw Mick Mars and like he was like dancing, flipping off his top. I was like, I actually can move. I do it for the pussy. <laughs> That Ladies love bone deficiencies. <laughs> he should just go on stage for this tour because, you know, he's got this condition and it's obviously getting steadily worse, which is very sad, but he should get, get a gold stage as a T-shirt that just says, but I'm still in better shape than Vince. <laughs> I can see in this tour, like, he's pulling the B.B. King sitting down move, but because it's, you know, it's not blues like B.B. King, it's rock and roll Motley Crue. It's just like a... A, like electric power chair, just like zooming back and forth across the stage while he's jamming out. That is the show I want to see. If if they gave Mick Mars a seat for the show, Vince, that would be a whole new level of jam. <laughs> Vince would be like, okay, it's no longer enough that I'm the first one to show up. I need to sit, and Vince is going to need an inflatable as well. No, he's, he's getting he's- a king mattress. <laughs> he's just laying cuddled up. All right, for the next song. <laughs> it's like he does look kind of pregnant it'll be like a home birth laying down <laughs> and now for naps 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 i mean girls 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 <laughs> all right we got a lot more to get to have we covered enough retrograde mercury stuff i don't think so vince neil got fat because of retrograde mercury you right here first song of the week coming next all right, let's do part two of today's Did You America. If you want to hear any of the old podcasts, they are available at didyouamerica.com. That's also where you can vote for Song of the Week. Uh, last week, we had You Gotta by Larry June, 5% of the vote. Oh. Watering the Well by the Bronx, 8% of the vote. Lots of Oliver Tree fans out there. His song Life Goes On scored 87%. So well done, Oliver Trees. Uh, Oliver Tree, sorry. Singular Tree. Yeah. There's I don't, only one tree. No, he's just, just Oliver Tree. He's not like Vince Neil and getting bigger. It's, Trees. Uh, it's actually Oliver's Tree. <laughs> plural Oliver. Uh, Oliver Tree, 80%, 87%. Well done, Oliver Tree, for uh, winning this week's, uh, last week's uh, Song of the Week. We have three new choices for you this week. Uh, New York producer has gone with House Burned Down by King Princess. I'm going with Witchu by Duran Jones and The Indication. And uh, I'm going to go with the new one by Churches featuring Robert Smith of The Cure, which is called How Not to Drown. So How Not to Drown by Churches with Robert Smith. Witchu by Dylan Jones and The Indication. And uh, House Burned Down by King Princess. That's the choice of our New York producer. 
We'll have a poll on my Twitter where I'm at Ian Canfield, or you can go vote for Song of the Week on the website didyouamerica.com. That's also where you can buy one of our T-shirts if you feel uh, so inclined. Our buddy uh, Chad sent me a, uh, a Twitter picture the other day of him getting vaccinated wearing the Did You America T-shirt. Oh, that's awesome. Good Sa- job, Chad. Sa- it was like multitasking, saving America and our podcast. That's so American. Yeah. I- yeah, exactly. Exactly. So well done, Chad. Uh, we uh, very much appreciate that. Um, right. Do you want to discuss... For, I've given, choose your own adventure for this next segment, where, okay. we, where we go first. Do you want to discuss uh, the issues that you have with the fact that smoking is uh, about to be banned outside everywhere? That's a slight exaggeration. Or my latest dad news. Oh, you know I'm going with dad news. Okay. As much as I love to rile up the smokers out there. So... Um, <clears throat> My dad's TV stopped working last week. Oh, that's actually hell. actually before we get into that because that is this this is his personal hell. Uh, there's some sort of like dad family update stuff. So you know the, the UK's been terrible with COVID. They've still got degrees of lockdown. They're supposed to be have everything open by later this month, but they they might be putting it back like because of the European variants and all this stuff. They're not right? Was did your dad say he saw someone's like eyes melting or something? Oh yeah yeah yeah. He was reading that in um, in parts of India, which is where this new terrible variant of COVID uh, comes from, that uh, there's coronavirus out there um, that uh, literally goes gets into your body but then it, it basically eats you from the inside and it starts at your nose and then goes to your eyes and then go eats your brain and that's how you die and that certain people in india were having to have their nose cut off or their eyes gorged out to stop the virus going to their brain i literally had a conversation with him about that man i just got the weirdest boner <laughs> so because of the restrictions on covid uh, this past weekend, um, he and my sister's family went to see some family that they hadn't seen since, um, I think, 2019 because you weren't able to get together. And um, I spoke to my sister about it. It's like the, our aunts and uncles and nieces and nephews who've got kids. It was a gathering of about 20 people, right? Okay, big fun family. Times, yeah, yeah. Big, well, well, according to my sister, fun times. My, sister's, my sister sent me about 10 photos you know, saying, oh, you know, I mean, and they, like uh, nieces and nephews that I have hardly seen my whole life anyway, with, they've got kids that I've never even met. So right. she's like, oh, this is uh, Susan and she, these are her kids, so-and-so. And I see, you know, aunts and uncles who I remember and stuff like that. And it looks like everyone's happy that they've been able to get together for the first time in, you know, at least 18 months. That's my sister's feedback. So I FaceTimed my dad over the weekend. Here we go. I said, oh, you had a, went to see family on Saturday? Yeah. <sighs> Rosanna's in a terrible way. Oh, here we go. She's one of my aunts. Is she? Oh, she's got this and this ache and that ache and blah, 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 blah. And I said like, uh, oh, okay. Uh, oh, and Janet. Did Suzanne, Suzanne's my sister. Did Suzanne tell you about Janet? This is another one of our aunts. No. Oh. She got up to use the bathroom in the restaurant where we were. She couldn't move. (laughs) Just bashing family. Arthritis in the groin, I said. Oh, my God. So he starts telling me about all this in depth. And uh, he said, but this was the thing that I liked the most. 
He said, I had to say to so-and-so at the table, what's wrong with Janet? Oh, she's got arthritis in the groin, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, she's, in, she's 70, I think now, this aunt of mine, got bad arthritis. That's a bad situation. When she got back to the table, my dad, it seems, didn't talk to her about the aches and pains that she's got that are causing her, you know, causing it to take 10 minutes to walk to the bathroom. He then goes, oh, and did you hear about the grandson of her partner that was living with them for a while? No, heard no stories about it. He stole money, right? Like, like from him? No, from them, from, 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 from my aunt, right? But then my dad, basically what I'm saying here is, is my dad is just a sponge for any negativity that he could possibly take in, right? right. Because he goes, well, I'm not sure of the exact details because it was very noisy in the restaurant and Janet was speaking to me quite softly. But basically, from what I could hear from what she said, they've got this safe and he broke into that and there's blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. And, I've, and I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, you've made most of this up. <laughs> <laughs> right, he's yes, assuming right. all of you've, it. You've, yes, there may have been a problem with the grandson somewhere and there was, and she's got clearly got some arthritis problems whereby like she's not particularly mobile. But you've made... Most of this up, and at no point did I get um. Oh, you know, yeah, it was great to see them, and like my the, saying, my sister's kids enjoyed hanging out with uh, you know elderly relatives that they never get to see, and blah 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 blah. No, it was just a rundown of everyone's ailments and possible theft that might not be theft, <laughs> depending on how accurate my dad's hearing was. What's great is that story started off like, oh yeah, I got some hot, juicy family gossip when I was having a conversation with another member of the family. No, your dad was just like angrily sitting silent for the whole day and like finally one conversation that didn't immediately anger him. He was like, oh, let's listen in on this one. So then today, uh, we've mentioned on the podcast before, my sister's had extensive renovations done on her house. So right. she, she's had like three bedrooms and bathrooms added to the house. Um, so, you know, more or less constant building work for the best part of a year. The build, and there's still a lot of stuff to be done inside the house, like redoing the rooms, but the, the bulk of it's been done now. There are three rooms that previously didn't exist as part of that house, right? She's had scaffolding up for a year. It's finally come down today, right? Oh, so wow. it's a That's big, a big deal. deal, yeah. And they've been living in the house while all of this building work's going on. You imagine the, the level of uh, building work it takes to create three new bedrooms and bathrooms, and you're living in a house with three young kids. Like, it's, it's hell. Yeah. So it's a huge day that all of the major building work has been done now to the point that the scaffolding has been taken down, right? And uh, so she sends me and my dad pictures of the back of her house looking like a brand new house because the scaffolding's been removed right. and you can see the new bits. And she goes, uh, so great, the scaffolding's finally been taken down. Now we just need to buy, you know, and there's things like door handles and paints and stuff like that because they need to paint the interior of some of the new rooms, right? Okay. My dad's reaction to that. Well... I hope you can get the stuff you need because I was listening to uh, this program about money matters on the BBC today and they said that because of Brexit and COVID, people are not getting supplies. <laughs> not, not even just like of what the shortage actually is. You're just like, nope, everything's shortage. He listens to a show that's on at like 5.30 in the morning 
and it's it's done by the BBC, and it's perfect. It's great programming for people like my dad that are old that wake up early and just like to be scared about everything, <laughs> because it's called Wake Up to Money. So it's a five day a week, thirty minute show about money markets and just consumer stuff. And I've said to my dad, you do realize that to fill 30 minutes of Money Matters five days a week and retain an audience, they're never going to give you good news. No. It's, it's purely just money issues that are happening somewhere. He said, no, it's very reliable. It's called Wake Up to Money. I said, that show might as well be called Wake Up to Fear. Yeah, and was, it's marketed at people like you. I was going to say, that show should be called Things Your Dad Will Be Angry About. Right, exactly. So there's no kind of comment whatsoever on the fact that, oh, yeah, it's good that you've got the scaffolding taken down and you can kind of go back to somewhat normal living no, and just, just work on painting one room inside at a time. There's a, well, I hope you can get the stuff you want because it looks like, you know, there might be some holdups because of COVID and Brexit. Like everything, everything is bad so the tv this is the issue i get a text message last week we haven't done a dad update for a while there's lots of news to get to my tv's packed up so i said he's had the same tv for about 15 years right and he loves sitting down and watching the tv of course so he's gone on to some websites to look for like new tvs that he can get that doesn't sound fun right and I been looking for something new right. on the internet that can only lead to trouble all he wants on the internet is news that he gets from Russia today about the fact that the world is going <laughs> right. to end tomorrow or soccer scores <laughs> soccer scores Russia today wake up to fear he hasn't even learned that porn song there yet <laughs> so he's uh, looking for uh, and I said um you know, um, you might have to pay a little bit extra, but they'll they'll you know do the installation for you. Well, I don't need that. I'm like, yeah, no, you you do. You, yeah, you, yeah, you, you, yeah do. you do. It's kind of difficult. It's not just plugging it in. Well, well, I mean, what TVs are you looking at? He's looking at TVs that are like you know nine hundred pounds, thousand pounds, like yeah. so you know good TVs. I say, all right, what's the installation? Twenty five pounds. Yeah, you need to get that. No, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that. I'll do it myself. How hard can it be? He said. Does he want like a wall-mounted TV or is he going to get like an old school, like still got a fat butt box TV? He still, he doesn't want it mounted. Oh no, I spoke to him about the fact that he could have it mounted on the wall. So he's got a TV stand in the corner that he's always had TVs on, right? And I said to him, you could get a big one put on the wall. No, I don't want that because I get the sun at the wrong angle through my windows and it's going to like reflect on the TV screen. <laughs> I mean, he does kind of have a point there. So he said, um, the only thing that I'm unsure of is uh, what am I going to do with my VCR? I, like, I go, what, get rid of it? Yeah, like, like, I have an idea. <laughs> Burn it? Because I said, you know that the VCR... I don't know how you're connecting the VCR to the TV. Probably using wire and beakers at this point because everything's so old, right? And a coat hanger. Probably not even a wire, probably a coat hanger. Someone MacGyvered it for you 20 years ago, the last time you bought a VCR and a TV. I said, you know, like, I said, but the VCR still works. He said, I said, yeah, but, you know, TVs have come on a long way. They're not going to have a, uh, it won't be able to connect. You're not going to be able to to figure it out. Well, what am I going to do? I still use the DVR and the VCR. And I said, 
how much how much can you how much do you record well i can only watch one thing on cable at the same time that i'm recording one other thing i said no no that can't be right people you've got dvrs have got way more space and capability now yeah but that's an extra five pounds a month <laughs> doesn't he like how does he have all this time to keep watching these shows? I mean, like, there has to be time where he doesn't have shows to watch. He, I feel like he watches TV all day, every day. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. You know who I, like, the image I have of your dad is? I know this definitely isn't it, but you know, like, the actor Walter Matthau towards the end of his life, like, during, like, the Dennis the Menace <laughs> phase where, like, he his smile was just permanently a frown, and he looked like he'd been smoking cigarettes and being angry for years. That's the image I get of there. Like, I think of if you were flipping through your childhood photos, it'd be like you, your mom, and your sister at, like, a tourist attraction, smiling with your arms around each other. And then it'd be your dad, like, off in the background on a folded-out lawn chair, just, like, puffing a stoke, so angry that he's involved. <laughs> angry. Am I pretty spot on? Pretty much. Angry that he ordered potatoes with the meal and they came out as mashed potatoes <laughs> and he can't eat mashed potatoes. They, eat roasted potatoes. They have to be. They, that's true. They have to be roasts. That damn Dennis. <laughs> When he came to visit me one time in uh, Phoenix and we were ordering dinner, he hates going out for dinner because he only eats five things. And out of the five things that he does eat, he prepares the food in the most bland, tasteless way possible. Nothing can have any any kind of taste. The British way. Because otherwise he, does, he doesn't like it. So even if you find places that do the five things that he eats... He's scared that they're not going to taste the same because they're going to... And what he doesn't realize is is because in the restaurant or the to-go food counter in the store, they're putting some kind of taste in it, right? And and, and I remember we were getting... uh, We were at a to-go counter in a a, a nice grocery store in Arizona. And, um, you know, I think there was fish and he was kind of like, okay with fish. But there was mashed potato. And these were his words. I... Uh, he eats roast potatoes, right? I said, well, we'll get, like, the food. I can't have mashed potato. It does me in. <laughs> <laughs> I will die. <laughs> it, like some people have got an allergy to nuts. <laughs> I'm allergic to potatoes when they're smashed. <laughs> it's... Can you be allergic to a texture? A texture? I'm allergic to that word, clearly. Texture. I think so. So, um, Wednesday this week, I believe they could have. This is the other thing. TV rules his life, as we've as we've said. He spends a lot of time watching TV. The the old TV broke on about Thursday. He could have selected a TV and had it delivered and installed within twenty four hours. But he won't pay for any of the extras, such as the fast delivery, the installation. Of course, no. So instead. He's been miserable with no TV and he's waiting until Wednesday of this week to get the TV delivered, at which point it won't be installed and he'll have to figure it out for himself. And then he'll get angry that he can't plug his VCR in. Um, and then, I mean, So stand by for an update on Thursday's podcast, basically. This sounds terrifying. I totally understand his pain. We talked about this on the podcast during the snowmageddon here in DFW. I was without TV for two weeks and that was the most miserable two weeks of my life. I never realized how much of my life revolves around television. I have a job and I come do this. I only imagine how upset your dad is right now. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty upset. I'm with you, Walter Matthau. He did say to me at one point in the conversation, 
You know, you're always telling me about our uh, record players are like really fashionable now. I said, yeah. He went, well, if I really can't plug in the VCR, do you think I should keep it? Because in about 10 years, it will be worth something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! 10 years, two years. This generation's full of idiots. <laughs> He's waiting for his 5.30 a.m. BBC show, Wake Up To Money, in 2028 <laughs> to say, if you've got a VCR from the 90s, now's the time to give it to a, an I'm electronic to, store. I'm about to turn this $20 machine into $25. Let's do this. All right, quickly, before we're finished with today's episode, um, UK wants to ban smoking completely. Well, it's a slight exaggeration. Councils in the UK are now proposing that smoking will be banned outside of public places so basically the uk like america you can't smoke indoors anywhere unless it's your own private place but certain areas in the uk are now proposing that if you're in a bar and you want a cigarette you won't just be able to go onto the sidewalk out the front of the bar and smoke there because that will be illegal jeremy hoffman as a lifelong smoker recently quit and enjoyer of weed how would you feel about this? Well, for the cigarettes, a year ago, if you had told me this story, I would have probably ranted and went all crazy about like, you can't take away our freedoms, blah, 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 and got all crazy about it. But now, since I'm no longer a slave to the nicotine, I'm not going to lie, I'm all for it. Get rid of smoking everywhere. It's a terrible habit. That being said, if I can take myself back to my old ways, who's all about freedom, I will say, this is a load of bullshit. And... They've actually done this in some places in America. Oh, they have? I, yeah. see, I thought this was one rare example of the UK doing it first. I didn't so realize. So I think in, it's like a city-specific thing. So a few years it's back. Same thing. That's what the UK okay. are proposing. So I was in California visiting family. I have uh, uh, my uncle and aunt and cousins grew up in Manhattan Beach, California. And the area they're in is definitely pretty nice. And they have banned smoking outside everywhere. So, you know, when I was... 20, 21, 22, I was smoking like a pack and a half, two packs a day. I was mm -hmm. constantly smoking. So it was, I was there for getting a little Jewish for you. My cousins bought mitzvah and they were all inside getting ready. And I was outside the temple smoking a cigarette. When this, this is, I'll pause the story to, to let you know. This is the single most American slash Texan moment of my life. What's about to happen. So I'm smoking a cigarette, smoke away, not thinking anything of it. I'm looking at my phone and all of a sudden this, pre-Karen era Karen comes up to me. Excuse me, sir, you cannot smoke cigarettes outside in this city. I'm looking at her like, what the hell is she talking about? I'm not inside. I'm, who can stop you from smoking a cigarette outside? So I just assumed she wasn't talking right. to me. And I kept smoking. And of course, you know, she was talking to me. She kept yelling. She kept screaming. And now she's threatening to call the cops on me. And here's where my most Texan moment is. She says again, this is California and you can't do that here. I take a drag from my cigarette. I blow it in her face. And I said, well, ma'am, I'm from Texas and I'm pretty sure I can do whatever the hell I want. <laughs> and that is what I think everyone in the UK should absolutely be doing when they are told you can no longer smoke here. Well, I remember when I was uh, a lot younger that when the smoking ban inside first came into the UK and there were some people that were very anti that. And now not being able to smoke inside seems like the most uh, regular thing ever. So I wonder if not being able to smoke outside 
becomes a thing, if that'll then be the case as well. I mean, I'm kind of in two minds with this. I, you know, I don't smoke, but if you are addicted and you're trying to give up, you you know, you might not go be able to go cold turkey and stop completely all in one go. I went hot turkey. <laughs> so not being able to leave inside somewhere to go smoke outside somewhere seems kind of unfair. Equally, though, I mean, they're not just talking about bars. They're talking about, you know, businesses, public places like that. If you're a company, you know, like a well-to-do company, and you've got a load of your employees out the front of the place smoking cigarettes, it does look kind of trashy now, right? I think oh, we've, sure. we, we've lived for so long with smoking being banned inside that if you're a, I don't know, let's say for argument's sake, you're a bank or something like that. And I walk past this big bank building with its big sign and all that kind of stuff. And there's just a load of people out the front, like dragging on their cigarettes. Uh, and there's piles of dog ends. It looks, <laughs> it looks shit, you know? I'm a, So I'm now pretty much a full year without a cigarette. Congratulate me. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. I know it's such an achievement. But even the most, some of the most famous junkies say that giving up cigarettes was harder than giving up heroin. Oh, for right? sure. I, uh, you know... The first few months, I'd be all like, oh, yeah, I don't mind being around and smoke away. It doesn't bother me. Now, if my friends are going outside to smoke a cigarette, there's 0% chance I'm following them. It's disgusting. Mm. It smells bad. I couldn't believe I was actually walking around smelling like that for from 15 to 28 years yeah. old. I uh, There's one area left in DFW where you can smoke inside. Uh, have you ever been to any of the bars or restaurants in Addison, Texas? No. Okay, so there are only a few left, but for instance, there's this one diner. It's called Jay's Breakfast and Burgers, and it is the single grimiest, most vile restaurant in DFW. But I tell you, as a drunk spot, it's possibly the best, because not only is it greasy, delicious, grimy breakfast food, but you can smoke inside. And when you're blackout drunk and eating some chicken fried steak, there's nothing better <laughs> than sitting on the border of the smoking and the non-smoking right, area right, right. and just taking your cigs and blowing them towards the non-smoking <laughs> area just to see the reaction of the people in that area. Right, right, yeah. I Well, I mean, the the other thing with smoking is I think there's a good argument to say that cigarettes are probably the most... It, they're the stupidest drug out of all drugs. 100%. If, if you think about it, you light, a, you light a cigarette. First of all, there is not... And, you know, weed smokers are going to disagree with me here, but there is an argument to say that putting anything in your mouth and setting light to it is probably a bad idea. If for you sure, just, no, for just, sure. If you just take that. I'm a weed smoker, I fully agree with you. So for, that's the first thing. You put something in your mouth and you set fire to it, that, that, that sounds stupid when I frame it like that, but that's what you're doing, right? But with cigarettes, so you put something in your mouth, you're setting fire to it, it's potentially instantly addictive in right. terms of the the, the 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 addiction nature of, of, of nicotine, right? You don't look as cool as you think you do. No, you're not really getting any pleasure from it because you could argue for other drugs, you get some sort of high or like they provide some other sense of euphoria, whatever right. it is. All you're getting from the cigarette is the potential immediate addiction to nicotine you put it out and then you want to have another one. 
it makes you stink and they're really, really expensive. So for all of the, and this again is not me being pro other drugs, but for other drugs, you could argue that they're, they're some way, in some way mind altering or they make you feel physically better or superior or whatever. All you're doing with a cigarette is putting something in your mouth, setting light to it, potentially immediately becoming addicted to it and having it make you cough or, or give For you sure. some life-limiting disease. It, you know, when you first start smoking, they say, like, it gets you buzzed. And that's, like, the, the word that they always use. It's like, oh, I got a buzz going, right? And it was about, you know what getting buzzed is? It's simply just, like, getting lightheaded and feeling sick. That's not fun. But at 15 years old, I wanted to look cool. So I, I continued smoking. By the last two, three years of my cigarette habit, I, I was getting nothing out of it. I truly didn't even enjoy doing it, but my addiction kept telling me, you gotta keep doing it, and it's gonna suck to stop doing it, so you should keep doing it, because you don't want anything to suck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see if this becomes a widespread thing whereby suddenly um, you can't smoke outside. When I was working back in Shitsville, my radio station was in Leicester Square, which is a big tourist uh, area in London. Right. And um, the policy of the company was you had to go outside to smoke, but they didn't want smokers out. They had these big doors in, as I said, what's a big tourist area. They didn't want the smokers outside the front of their doors because, again, they thought it looked crappy for the business to have a load of people smoking out the front of the doors. So there was a very well-to-do hotel immediately opposite. So all the people that used to work for my radio company would just walk across Leicester Square, come and stand outside the front of the very well-to-do hotel, make their doors look really crappy, right. and smoke out the front there instead. <laughs> oh, that's great. So it was almost like there was so much smoke out the front there, it was like you were walking through a mist tunnel to get into that hotel at most times, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? I, uh, one of my friends, while I was, for, you know, the first few years of me smoking, like, Anyone who's a young smoker, you do it to just look cool. So I wasn't, I notice a lot of people do this. I still see it to this day with smokers. They don't actually inhale the cigarette. Right. They just kind of like, they think that just putting, inhaling it and having it sit in their mouth is what they're getting the effect from. And they're not, they're not actually feeling anything. They're just getting all the bad habits without mm -hmm. any of like the actual nicotine effect. And I learned that I was doing this when I was in high school and one of my older brother's friends, I asked to bum a cigarette from him. And we were smoking. I felt real cool because I was smoking with the older kids. And halfway through our, my cigarette, he snatched it out of my hand. I was like, you're wasting this. What are you doing? And taught me the lesson that I regret him teaching because it made my addiction a thousand times worse. And that's to take the deep inhale to where you're getting all the negativity and all the disgustingness shot down your throat. <laughs> that guy single-handedly, I could, at that moment, I could have made such a smart life decision, but you're right. I'm not even getting anything else. Why am I spending seven bucks a day on this? I'm going to stop. But instead I said, oh, well, if I still want to be cool, I guess I have to be fully addicted did, to that. Did they, away. Was he one of those hardcore smokers that then said, and you know, if you want to do it really properly, you should cut off the filter of the cigarette. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I should have known not to listen to this kid on the fact that he insisted on wearing jean shorts way too much. <laughs> yeah. Did they ever in the States um, make it a legal requirement to put all of the poisonous things that are in cigarettes on the on the packet. That was I don't know if they still do oh, it. Oh yeah, in, no, in we don't. UK. We don't do that here. But whenever I would like go to a foreign country, or a friend would come back from a foreign country, and they'd have like the pictures of the disgusting teeth. There would there, there would be pictures of decayed lungs and disgusting oh. teeth, and then on the back, 
like it was a cookery book recipe. They would list basically all of the poisonous toxins that were in the cigarettes, and you would read it and be like, you know, if my drug dealer cut my cocaine with rat poison, it would probably still be a little bit more healthy than what was <laughs> on this recipe list on the on the cigarette packet. You start wondering, like, should I cut my cocaine with rat poison? <laughs> All right, we are done for another day. Thanks for hanging out with this edition of Did You America. If you want to talk to us, uh, didyouamerica.com, you can send us messages there. You might want to be on the show. You can send us a voice message or uh, type us a message or uh, talk to me on uh, Instagram or Twitter. I'm Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio at Instagram, all right? Camfield off the radio on Instagram, Ian Camfield on Twitter, or just go to the website where you can uh, get old episodes as well. Didyouamerica.com is our website. Um, you can vote for Song of the Week. I'll have a poll on my Twitter, and you can also vote for Song of the Week via the website. Uh, and also on the website, you can buy one of our T-shirts. How great are our T-shirts, Jeremy? I had a friend buy a T-shirt, and she told me they felt great on her nipples. Didyouamerica.com is where you can go to for T-shirts if you too would have to uh, would like to have that particular experience. Did we America today? We definitely did.